Well, hello again, everybody. Uh, and I didn't say hi to the live streamers before. Uh, hello to you. Uh, good to have you with us as well. Might be a few more on a day like this. Uh, as, as we think about, you know, God in his providence has seen to it uh, that we come to Noah in the midst of a water bomb outside. Um, so thank you for that, Lord, uh, illustration. Um, but, you know, Noah's Ark, we're talking about that today, of course, from Genesis, back in our Genesis series. Uh, Noah's Ark is really, it's one of those favourite kids' stories, isn't it, that we read in the kids' Bibles. We had the Fisher-Price Noah's Ark. Who had this toy? Anyone? Yeah, it's a, it's a popular one. Everyone's very happy. Um, but it's actually, this story in the Bible is actually one of the most tragic stories in the entire Bible. Um, you know you know that saying, you know, the, there's, there's some elephants in the room? You know that saying? Um, well, there's elephants on the ark, of course, but uh, there's elephants in the room uh, when, I guess, uh, for people as we come to the Bible. Uh, things we kind of are aware of but maybe don't want to talk about because uh, they make us uncomfortable. Uh, we're, we're talking about some of those things today. Uh, we are talking about death and judgment because that's what we see in the story of Noah. Uh, in this story, everybody in the world dies except for eight people on the ark. You know, we don't like talking about death. That's understandable. Uh, death is horrible. It breaks relationships. It's sad. Uh, it's, it's not a good thing. It's not a natural thing. Uh, it is God's judgment upon our sin. That's why death is in the world. And that's the other elephant in the room uh, when it comes to this story, and that is God's judgment. We don't like to talk about the flood as God's judgment. Uh, we don't like the idea of an angry God who judges a God who would condemn people to hell for their sin. These are hard things to talk about. They're not cheery topics, but they're not topics that we can ignore as God's people. Right? Because we all ourselves will face death and judgment and stand before God. And everybody that we know, our whole world, is facing that same judgment. And most of them are not ready for it. So these are things we must talk about as we come to them in the Word of God, and we're picking up uh, where we left off a few weeks ago in Genesis, uh, the book of beginnings. So just to remind us, where have we come so far? We've seen, first of all, God uh, in Genesis. Who is he? He's the creator. He's the sustainer of all things. He's the ruler. Uh, and we've seen people, people made in his image, male and female, in relationship with one another and with God. And we saw in the beginning everything was good. Everything was good. Uh, but of course, the world today is not like the world then. The world is not good. And that is because sin came into the world. Adam and Eve disobeyed God. Uh, sin came in and ruined everything that was good. And along with sin came the just judgment of God upon humanity. That is our death. But at the same time, we've seen this pattern kind of emerging through Genesis, a pattern of sin and judgment and grace. You remember that pattern? Yeah, if you nod, that tells me that you remember it. That is great and that is so helpful. Sin and judgment and grace. Right? Sin brings God's judgment. That is what we deserve. Uh, but thankfully, these, this is not God's final word over his creation. Uh, God does not treat us as our sins deserve, but he shows us grace. And so there is hope because of God's grace. And we see that again today in the story of Noah. We see that sin, we see the judgment, but we see the grace of God. 
So let's walk through and we'll see those things. So we'll pick it up in Genesis 6, 9. You've got your Bibles. Genesis chapter 6 is where we're going to start. Verse 9. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. So straight up we meet Noah, and this is what the author wants us to know. Noah was righteous. Okay, not righteous in the sense that he was morally perfect and never did anything wrong, uh, but he was someone who stood out in his generation. You can see it there. He was someone who was blameless among the people of his time, right? Because he was someone who walked faithfully with God. That, that is why he was righteous, right? And you can see the comparison with the rest of the world as we go on in verse 11. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. So this is the situation of the world at this time. It is corrupt or it is ruined. You think about that word ruins. You think about like a city that is just rubble, where previously it used to be just a beautiful city, but now it lies in ruins. And that is what creation is like. God created it good and beautiful, and now it lies in ruins because of human sin. Right, sin, and as we said, came in through Adam, was passed on to his sons, Cain and Abel, and through them was passed on to the rest of humanity. So now the earth is full of violence at this time, which means it's full of sinners uh, with sinful behaviour. And, and, and how sinful is man? Well, not, not just a bit sinful, but thoroughly infected. We see that in verse 5. We're jumping back here, uh, Genesis 6-5. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. How sinful are we? That is a cup that is overflowing with sinfulness. You look at that. Every inclination of the heart, only evil all the time. Uh, that is the state of humanity, lost in sin. And then we see sin brings the judgment of God. So we see that in verse 13. Uh, so God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. Right. So here, God brings judgment. And we see through the text, we see that this judgment is just. It reminds us why this is a just judgment upon humanity. So have a look at verse 7. Uh, it says here, So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created. And so we remember that God is the creator of all things and all people. And he has the right to judge them this way when they do wrong. And the next one, uh, Genesis six seventeen. Uh, says there, I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens, every creature that has the breath of life in it. Right, so reminded, when God created Adam, he breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. It is God who gives us life and breath and everything. And so when his creation rebels against him, he is just to bring a judgment upon them. Right, God has done nothing wrong when he judges human sin. This, you know, it's exactly what we deserve. But, but thankfully, sin and judgment are not the last word. 
but we see the grace of God toward Noah. We see God's grace in this story. And so what does God do to Noah? Well, he, he speaks to him. He lets him in on his plans. He says, I'm going to flood the world. Build an ark. Here's how you build it. Here's who you take with you. Gives him the instructions. Uh, and then even at the last moment, when, when the flood waters are coming upon the earth and the ark is built and Noah's there, we have this wonderful little detail that shows us the grace of God. Uh, Genesis 7:16 up on the screen. It says, then the Lord shut him in. Right, it's as if God has, has reached down with his own hand uh, to, to close the door, to shut him in, to seal him in, to, to make him safe, saying, you are going to pass through this judgment and come out on the other side. The Lord does that by his grace. I love that detail. And then, of course, the flood comes, uh, Genesis 7.21, and every living thing that moved on the land perished. Birds, livestock, wild animals, all the creatures that swarm over the earth, and all mankind, they all perished. But, of course, Noah and the ark were safe. And they came through the flood, uh, and then we see after the flood, it's, it's a bit of a new beginning in the book of beginnings. Um, Noah and his family are, are the... Are the the people on earth, and God commands them like he commanded Adam and Eve. He says, be fruitful, multiply. Right? So that remains. That's going to happen. Uh, we see Noah making a sacrifice to God, like Abel made a sacrifice that was pleasing to God. So that's a good thing. And we see God make this wonderful promise that he's never going to flood the earth again. Well, that's the rainbow. You know the rainbow in the sky? God says, I'm going to put that sign in the sky. I will never flood the earth again. And God says this, even though sin remains in humanity. That's a detail that, that might sort of surprise us a bit as we come to this part of the story. Um, even though the, the, the flood was this judgment upon human sin, it didn't wash away sin completely. Right? Sin was actually carried through the ark in the hearts of the people. And so we see later on when uh, we see Noah falling into sin uh, himself, and of course that's going to be passed on to all his children and generations, and so the earth once again will be corrupt and full of violence. But even in the midst of that, uh, God's grace remains. He promises, I'm not going to flood the earth again like I did before. So when you see the rainbow, we might see a rainbow in a few days, maybe a couple of weeks. When you see that rainbow, remember. Remember these things. Remember human sin. Remember God's just judgment upon that sin. But also remember grace. Uh, God's grace remains despite our sin and judgment. When you see that rainbow. Now, of course, these are not the cheeriest subjects. Uh, but we've got to talk about the elephants in the room. Um, because it actually has a lot to teach us about life today. It's a reality check that will get us thinking rightly about how to live life today in the world. Because, look, we live in a similar time to Noah. I don't know if you ever thought about that. Uh, we live in a world full of sin, facing the judgment of God, and most people we live with are not ready for that. Uh, Jesus uh, said it this way in Luke. Now, Jesus said, just as it was in the days of Noah, so also will it be in the days of the Son of Man. People were eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. 
See, we live in a world that doesn't realise we are on the brink of judgement. And for most people, that is going to come unexpectedly, just like the flood did in Noah's time. Right, this is what's going to happen in the future. Uh, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but Jesus is going to return. Uh, he is the Lord, but he'll return as judge as well. Right, and as incredible as it may seem to us, every single person who has ever lived will be raised and stand before him and give an account of their life. That's the judgment day. Right, and who can stand on this day? Right? God, God is, is righteous. He has righteous anger against our sin. Uh, God's anger is not like ours. Uh, it flares up in a moment. Uh, it's emotional. It's irrational. Uh, God's anger is not like that. Uh, it is settled. It is reasoned. It is just. And God judges perfectly. And look, you know, it's funny. We are a people who love justice. Uh, I'll tell you how I know. When someone is tailgating me in my car and they're annoying me and then we get to two lanes and they take off and I see the undercover cop car turn his lights on and follow them, justice, okay? I'm, I'm excited for that justice and I drive past feeling very good. Um, we like justice. We don't like it when we're the person being pulled over though. We don't like it when the justice is coming upon us. We'll give all the reasons and excuses in the world to avoid that. All right, here's the truth. Our sins deserve the punishment of God. The punishment is death, not just physical, spiritual and eternal. Conscious torments of hell is a just punishment for sinners who rebel against God. As hard as that might be to believe for, for many of us, that's a just punishment for sinners. Right, hard things to talk about. But the reason that we talk about sin and judgment is so that we can lay a groundwork for the grace of God. Okay, you guys know two ways to live? Please tell me you know two ways to live. You've got to, you got to, come on. Uh, two ways to live does this. Uh, it, the first three boxes, there's six boxes. The first three boxes lay this groundwork for the grace of God. Right, stuff we've been talking about. Box one there on the left uh, is God created all things. Okay. Box two, uh, we reject God uh, and you know ruin, run life our own way without him, ruin the world and all things. Box three is God's justice. We deserve death and judgment. But God's grace comes next. You're not going to see it up there. Sorry, it's not going to be up there. But, but God's grace comes next. God does not teach, God does not treat us as our sins deserve. But he sent his son to save us. Right, so think about, think about the, the cross of Christ, Jesus dying in our place. This is what it means. Jesus suffered for us. He suffered the punishment that we deserved. He endured the wrath and the anger of God that was against our sin. He died our death. And he completely satisfied the justice of God. Right, and Jesus, he did it. He rose again. Uh, he is ruler, he is judge, he is saviour of all people. That is the good news and that is the grace of God. You know, so now, just like the ark was the only way of salvation through the judgement in Noah's time, Jesus is the only way of salvation through our time. Like those who believe in Christ, uh, they are safe in him. Right? God will shut us in with Christ and we will pass through judgement, pass through death and judgement 
and be safe with him eternally. That is, that is the grace of God to us in Jesus Christ. And so as we think about these things, how should, you know, what we've read about in Genesis, knowing the grace of God, how should it transform the way we live life now in this time before the coming judgment of God? Now, well, firstly, I think one of the things that Genesis points us toward, the New Testament points us toward, uh, is to be like Noah. Uh, it really does. It, it, you, know, you know the WWJD? We should get the WWND going, okay? The wristband. What would Noah do? Um, you know, and, and, and what I mean by that is the best thing that Noah did, the thing that he is commended for, is that he believed the word of God. Right? God said something to him, and Noah believed it. We see that refrain in, in Genesis. Noah did as the Lord commanded. And see, this is not some kind of salvation by works that Noah has. Right? Noah was saved the same way that any person is saved ever. That is by grace, through faith, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? Noah is commended for his faith. Uh, Hebrews uh, points us in that direction. Hebrews 11.7 talks about Noah. Uh, it says there that by faith, Noah when warned about the things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Right, so Noah was saved by faith. Noah heard the word of God, believed and was saved. Right, and, and, and we ought to be like Noah, but we hear the word of God to us in the Lord Jesus Christ uh, to come to him and be saved. Right, we believe that we will not perish, but have eternal life. But also we see, you know, Noah's faith or his belief also led him to do good works, led him to do things uh, when he believed. Right, so Peter actually calls Noah a preacher of righteousness in, in his letter, in 2 Peter. Now we don't have any of Noah's sermons, like we don't have anything that he said, but we see what he did. Right, and his actions spoke really loudly of his faith. Right, what did Noah do? He built an ark in the desert. Okay? I'm sure people thought he was crazy. I'm sure they might have laughed. But that didn't stop him from doing what he was going to do. Right, because he believed the word of God. Uh, Noah ordered his life according to the word of God and the coming judgment. No matter what people thought about him or what people said. And that translates to our time right now, doesn't it? So simply, as Christians, right, our lives should look a little bit crazy in this world. Right? They, should, they should not make sense to people that do not know the things that we know. Right? You think about what people might think about Christians. They might think, you know, why, why are they giving money to the church or to the mission when they could have saved that and had a nice holiday or something? Why is that person volunteering their time on a Sunday of all days uh, and, and for free, why do they give themselves so much? Why, why is that person moving house? They've got a beautiful house. They're going to a poor area. Why are they doing that? Why is, why is that person giving up their career, high-paying career to go to Bible college? Right, why is that person leaving their home and their family to go overseas to teach the gospel over there? Right, the lives that Christians live should look a little bit crazy in the world. They shouldn't make sense to people that don't know the things that we know. Right, because we are people who believe the promise of God to us in Jesus Christ. Uh, we are people who are ordering our lives in light of that coming judgment. 
ready and serving for that day. And now, you know, like I said, we don't have Noah's sermons and things that he said, but look, I'm sure he would not have kept quiet. Someone who knew the things that Noah knew, someone who, who had the heart like Noah would have had to walk faithfully with God, he couldn't have kept quiet while everyone around him was headed for destruction. And what about us in this time? As those people who know the judgment of God, but also the grace of God, are we concerned for people who don't know that and people who are perishing? Do we, are we moved to tell others so they might be saved? You see, this time that we live in now, there's a delay between the cross and the judgment. Uh, it's a purposeful delay so this can happen, so people can be saved. Have a look what Peter says in 2 Peter 3, 9. Uh, Peter said there, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, and that is the promise to judge the world, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone come to repentance. All right, so we live in this time of God's patience. Uh, it's kind of like a, like a time of amnesty, you know, when people have been rebelling against the king, and the king says, look, any rebel that lays down their arms and comes back, uh, I will pardon them. I will forgive them all their sins, uh, and they can be right with me. Okay, that is the time that we live in. The time of God's patience is where people can repent of their sin and come to King Jesus, and he pardons all their sin because he died for those sins. What a, what a wonderful thing God is doing. What wonderful grace. Right? Praise God for this time of his patience. Praise God for the millions who have believed because they've had time to repent and be saved. You are one of those people if you believe. Right? Praise God for that. Right? But this time is not going to last forever. Right? The day of salvation comes closer every single day. And so how should that reality transform us? Uh, well, I love, I love the way that Rico Tice puts it. Rico Tice is the guy that uh, wrote Christianity Explorer. He's an English guy. Uh, I really enjoy just the simplicity uh, as he puts things together. So Rico Tice said this. He said, people without Christ go to hell. If I believe that and I love people, why can I not warn them? And I've found the logic of that has never left me. And, and I think that is the simple logic that transforms that, you know, I'll put it this way, you know, life is short. After death comes judgment and people without Christ to go to hell. Right? This is the time of God's patience. And so loving people in this time is going to mean warning them. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, we run out in the streets and just start shouting at people uh, to, to repent or the, the kind of the turn or burn kind of uh, things you might have heard. Right, but we're going to be doing that together. Uh, we are going to be trying to reach people with the gospel as his people, individually, yes, but together as the church as well, doing all we can to, to see that happen. Right, there, there's going to be an urgency, there's going to be a compassion that surrounds that, that just urges us along to keep doing that in whatever way we can as the body of Christ. Right, so these are not easy topics to talk about, um, but this is a reality that we just cannot ignore right, for our own sakes because we are those who are facing death and judgment 
And we want to be those who are found safe in the Lord Jesus Christ, righteous in him through faith. And we can be. But it's also for the sake of those who are not ready, those who are around us. Right? We really want them yeah, to know about sin, to know about judgment, but above all things, to know about the grace of God in the Lord Jesus Christ that saves them. Right? Come and receive forgiveness. Let's pray for those things. Uh, and let's pray we'll be transformed by this word. Would you join me? Heavenly Father, we, we thank you, Lord, that uh, you do not shy away from uh, teaching us the truth. Uh, and Lord, it is before you that we realise our sin. Uh, we realise your right to judge. But we also see your wonderful grace in Jesus Christ who died for us. Lord, we thank you for that. Father, we pray that you would give us a growing compassion for those in our world who do not know you, or that you would lead us to do everything we can to bring them the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ in the gospel. Lord, equip us to do that together. Give us your strength and your words and your power and your wisdom that we might do that and we might see many more come into your kingdom with great joy for eternity. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, we are going to sing again, so I'll invite up the music team. Thanks, guys.